All right. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Great to see everybody. Thank you so much uh, for uh, the worship. Thank you, uh, Dave and uh, Julia, for doing a welcome for us. Thank you, uh, Paula, giving your heart and sharing for communion. You know, I'm going to talk about faith today and sometimes doing the right thing and trusting God hurts, but you grow and it's by God's design. The title of the lesson is live by faith, not by sight. Most people have heard that, but if you really think about it, I've been a Christian striving to learn to live by faith for 29 years and I still have to go God I feel like I'm blowing it because I'm not seeing the unseen but I really can see the unseen if I just surrender and learn lessons so the lesson is the, 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 the title is faithful not by sight now that almost sounds ridiculous humanistically just thinking intellectually if I was going to go, I'm going to leave here and shut my eyes from now on. I, I could barely walk now. I wouldn't make it out. Well. You, you, we all look at sight. We look at things and then we make decisions, which is fine because God gave us that ability to see and use our minds as well. And that is an earthly blessing to all human beings. But let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And just kind of reiterate what I've said, because it's just such a short verse, but it's in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we live by faith, not by sight. So living by faith is, not, is a different walk than just living intellectually by sight. Even though people of faith and people not of faith will still use the vision and the mind God gave us. So there is potential, but it's just that just gets you through life till you die. But if you're not faithful in Christ, then, then when you die, you don't go to heaven. Yeah. Come on, Chris. And God wants everybody to do that. Yeah. So in verse 7, we live by faith, not by sight. You know... I see just like you things, and I, can, I react to what I see, which is fine. Yeah. But the way I react actually defines how I'm doing in my faith. Yeah. I saw, we, were, we flew to uh, Mexico City to be with our daughter Cassidy, who's over there uh, interning, uh, and we had a great time. I've never been to Mexico City. So. But on the flight, and on the, on the flight back, there was a lot of little things that happened. It got delayed for like two hours, three hours, and we didn't know why. And everybody, you know, you could feel the crowd and everybody waiting, kind of rumbling, because it's like no one, can someone just make an announcement and let us go, I'm sorry, this is what's going on. And we finally got in there, and then we got in, when we got in the plane after everybody, everybody's restless and waiting, and then there's this lady up front arguing with the flight attendant, and we're, you know, we're trying, everybody's kind of noticing because we've been two, three hours delayed. Now he's on the plane, and now she's arguing, and she's crying and pleading. And everybody's like, what's going on? And then finally the guy gets on the microphone and with her right there, and everybody's looking because everybody's going, why aren't we going? Restless, right? That's where, see, I'm looking too, getting, getting anxious. And then I'm realizing, okay, I'm living by faith, but I can see, and what I'm seeing is ticking me off. 
Because why is she just sit down and let's go? That's the reaction from my sight. But internally, I'm fighting before I actually yelled like that. You know, God, please give me, give me a patience. Let me surrender. Because then I had to go, okay. Then the guy gets on the intercom and goes, after about an 45 minutes or an hour, we're all sitting. We don't, no one knows what's going on. We're just watching. We're seeing this lady pleading. And, there's, and he finally gets on the phone and goes, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if this lady up here doesn't sit down right now, we're going to have to cancel the flight. She said, he said it in front of everybody and the ladies up there and everybody's staring at it. And then everybody's like rumbling. And that lady, man, that's a way to motivate. Cause that lady looked down at 300 angry eyes. I mean, that's like, I don't know, but I just know, wow, that, that guy's wise or it was, I don't know. But she stopped and walked down the aisle and went to her seat. But when she said we got to cancel the flight, I mean, there was a couple of people that just were screaming like swear words out loud yeah. at the lady. And anger was going on. Yeah. I was like, in my mind, sit down! But I was going, God, forgive me. <laughs> Internally. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I realized I'm not much different than the guy that's raging and using the F word and wanting to go and stand up and go, I'm going to motivate this person. And that what I realized, I'm saved by grace because I'm no better, even though I controlled my internal self and was battling yeah. to go, this isn't right. But I'm, I'm seeing the same thing. But I'm going, God, help me be what you want me to be. Yeah. So here I am fighting. Now, this is a way of life that we're living. Because if you live by faith, people use faith like a throwaway word. If you're really biblically living by faith, then there's a difference in how you live. Look in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. And point number one is faith is a way of life. So when you start to live by faith, it's not just uh, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. And just go as you want and live as you want. Now you're committing to live the way God calls us to live. So you're saying, well, I can't see him. Well, let's look at this because this is a great way because God knows we can't see him, but he's, he's here. And uh, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14. I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children, even if, I, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. This is Apostle Paul speaking. Uh, er, therefore I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I've sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. So, here we see the model of follow me as I follow Christ. And Jesus came down as a human being. We all know this. For, and at 30, he started to preach the message of follow me. Come follow me. Deny yourself, carry your cross daily, and follow me. Anyone who wants to come after me must give up everything. That doesn't mean he wants you to be destitute and, and tease you. No, it means once you understand who God is, you allow him now to distribute and let you 
use what he's allowed you to use, you're grateful. But now it's a surrendering, open-fisted, like, God, you have me, I'm trusting you, and I'm going to start to obey your word and imitate those who've already made the decision and are striving to live by faith as well. That's why Paul says, imitate me. I urge you to imitate me. And that's not, he's saying, follow me. He's putting the way of life. I love how he says this. And look with me again. For this reason, in verse 17, I've sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus. So it's not like follow me, the person. My way of life in Christ Jesus. Now we can see others living by what they can't see. And that's following the word of God and with prayer. But the word of God is living and active. We're going to look at that in a minute. But you see this. His son, Timothy, wasn't his blood son like he was born. Timothy was a, was a young man that he grabbed and raised up spiritually and, and appointed him as a leader in the church and, and, and said, I'm sending you the church in Corinth. Timothy, you don't know him. You've not met him. But because you know me, you can be assured in the standard of Christ that you can trust him because he's imitating me as I imitate Christ. And he's going, to, he's going to come and walk the same way and teach the same thing that we teach everywhere in every church. Amen. Every church should be doing what the Bible teaches and following it. Amen? Yes. Come on. Awesome. You know, I'm so proud of Odane and Zena. If you're visiting, you know, we are uh, people that Jesus says go make disciples of all nations. So we're not just going after uh, helping others and sharing our faith in Orlando, but we're part of what Jesus calls us to do as a movement. Because Jesus' church looking down from heaven would be people making disciples, following Jesus, teaching correctly, baptizing into Christ. The world is his church. So we have a, a churches all over the world. We, we visited my daughter, and she's in the Mexico City Church. There's churches all over the world. But they've, they've decided to join and, and really be part of the mission team, which we're planting a church in Daytona Beach. And, of course, everybody knows Martin and Carmen Bentley. And, and God works uh, in mysterious and great ways. You know, they came to us and have been part and served faithfully for Good night, I think 50 years, almost 50 years. But they're here, and then God, they live in Daytona Beach, so now we got a leadership and about 12 people from some of the churches in our churches in Florida that have all decided to to start. And that takes a step of faith. And Odane and Zena are going to be part of the Daytona church. They don't have to, but they said, hey, I'd like to, because someone's, if, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? We're going to strive to continue to move the gospel, amen? But my way of life, this is a way of life. So living by faith, not by sight, now we know there's a way of life. But how do I see this way of life? You can see others, people that have ways of life, and if you follow them, you can see the way they live. So it's a way of life. So what was point number one? That was a title, Live by Faith, Not by Sight. Point number one? Faith is a way of life. So faith is a way of life, but we still have to live by faith, not by sight. Well, we still can see. You're right. So now let's look how it works. Uh, the first thing we have to understand is faith teaches always. One who's living by faith will learn by being obedient and holding to the truth, regardless of outside circumstances, even when you're going, I don't know. I don't know, God. I don't know. And you want to break faith. 
Has anybody ever seen the, the classic movie Jaws? was as eerie as the movie. Actually, the music, we didn't see. We did not see the shark, barely. The music moved everybody and made us imagine the fear of the shark coming, remember? And really, that shark broke. The mechanical shark broke, if you watch the doc documentary. They really wanted to have a mechanical fake shark of the documentary. But it was actually worked out better, and they thought, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And they decided to get the music, and, and it turned out to be the biggest blockbuster ever because the way they wanted to do it, it did not work. So the music and the imagination, it puts you in this, oh my gosh, every time you that music played during the movie, you just, you got a little chill. You see the kids going, we're going sailing, let's go, Jimmy, and they're getting out of the water. And, and then it's showing the water, and then, and then it get closer, and then you see blood, and they're, oh. But in that movie, there's a time when they're going after the spear, the huge shark. They're going after They're going to get him on the boat. And the, the guy, one of the guys on there, he played the, the sheriff. His, uh, his name, there was an actor called Roy Schneider. But remember, he was really scared of boats and water. But he's on there. And the guy that they're getting ready to do it, the guy's coming. He's, and, and it's like he wants to let go because the, the shark's coming. He's going, hold it, hold it. And it's getting so close. And they want to wait just so they can spear it. And the guy's going, it, the shark's coming. We're closer. And he's like, hold, hold. Because he's, he's letting the, 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 the rope go out. He's like, hold, hold. It's getting right there. And you want to let it go. The guy, you know, in your flesh, you're like, let it go. But the guy, he had to trust the guy. And then the last minute was there, he got it. Wow. Faith, you got to trust other people too. But you can only trust people if, if you verify that they're living the way the Bible says, way of life. So just because I say, I love Jesus, I'm a Christian, amen, I'll go, amen. I'm not here to judge. I'm not going to validate. Where's your credentials? I'm not going to do that. But if I'm serious to follow God, where I go, I want to find other people that are seriously doing it the same way. Everybody struggles. Everybody has battles. But there's a blueprint of God's word and a way of life that I know I can obey because God says, trust me with all your heart and obey. And so I'm going to obey and not judge, but everybody's following and people are in different places in the faith, but we know the doctrine that we teach the same thing everywhere in every church so you don't get confused or messed up. We're walking by the truth of God's word and God's spirit is with us as we obey his truth. Disobey, you're not being faithful. Repent, that's faithful in grace. So you're doing a lot of repenting, aren't you? So anyway... Uh, back to the plane. <laughs> that lady, honestly, I started, I was going back and forth in my mind going, oh my gosh, somebody do something. Get the cops, do something. And then I started looking at her weeping and crying about something. And then I started getting compassionate and going, what if I was her? What's she feeling? But I was like a tormented person because I realized, and then I started feeling defeated. I was like, God, I'm such a I just felt so worthless because of these feelings. I was, I'm feeling the same thing. And then I go, God, help me because I want, you know, I was angry too. Yeah. Man, I feel like a loser sometimes as a Christian. But thank God for grace. Thank God for God's word because that's what it's about. You can get tempted to feel discouraged and defeated because, or you can try to fake like you're something you're not. And that's not right. That's not truth either. No. So you strive, but let's look at some things here. Let's look at uh, point number two is, 
The faithful always learn in trouble. What do you mean trouble? Well, let's read this. James 1, 2. The way of life is designed by God giving, allowing trials of many kinds. Now, you're going to get the trials and, and challenges and upsetting things that happen whether you have faith or not, right? So why not trust God? Why not trust God? Because the problems are coming. Guess what? You've all had problems. Some of you may be in trials or problems. They're not fun. They are not fun. But look, when you look at by faith and you see what God says, now, even though you can't see, you can trust the next time something happens. You're like, whoa, new perspective. This is awesome, God. What am I going to learn? Let's look what it says in James 1 verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. Let's just stop there. This is such a powerful verse. Because it's an oxymoron. It goes against the intellectual reasoning. We're like, what? It says, hey guys, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters indicates people that already have decided to follow Jesus and they've been baptized in Christ. They're in Christ, so they're in that way of life. They're saying, hey, this way of life, he's basically, dear, dear family, dear brothers and sisters. Consider it pure joy, man. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Okay, so does that mean we go, yay, I lost my wallet. Yay, someone stole my car. Yay, my transmission just blew up and I got no money in the account. No. Just to be honest, in your mind, you want to go. And you want to, you want to even question. This is where you got to hold it. Hold on, hold on, trust God, because he's in that trial, because guess what? He says, be happy and fired up, not yay, yay. You're going to get your in trouble face on, but consider pure joy because it's not in the trouble that's going on. It's how you see it and trust an unseen God working, and you'll only understand after the trouble if you are faithful through it. The faithful always learn in trouble. Basically, in hindsight, I should say. The faithful always learn in hindsight, but you have to be obedient. If you are sent out and you don't, you're just up and down and not following God, then it's just eeny, meeny, miny, moe. You may say, I'm with God, I'm not with God. God's there, and then you get mad. No, you got to have this stable walk. Yeah. And it says, pure joy. Well, why would I want to be fired up and full of joy when a problem comes? It says many trials. Of, well, you, you'll pick your color, pick your time. I've had so many trials, the only thing you get, if you ask people, everybody's had disappointments, trials, challenges, unexpected things. Yeah. And guess what? They're going to still come. How do you react to those shows who you are yes. with your faith? Yes. And you may blow it, but then if you just don't let it go and go, and I know it's part, you know, that's not his pride. You, you're fighting. You're going, you're, you're, you're recorrecting. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But what does it do? Well, it says whenever you face trials of many kinds, why do you be joyful? Because it says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So now we in the unseen, the trouble's there. We see that God says, hey, I've either allowed it or caused it to come. That's what you, that's faith. Because if the Bible says, consider it pure joy when trials of all kind come your way, when you face them, get excited because there's a huge blessing and lesson in faith. Yes. Come on, 
Why? Well, look at verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work. So God is perseverance, in the perseverance. Let God finish the work while you're learning to persevere. Let Learn it. Was it fun to persevere? No. When you're persevering, it's something you believe is right and you're going to do it even though you don't feel like it. Persevering is I got to push through, but not in a bad attitude. I get to push through because I trust God. Let perseverance finish its work. Well, you got to let it. You're going to finish the problem. Let me get through this. Sometimes it's still in there. Or another thing pumps up on you, a domino. You have to trust that God is not done yet, and you're not done learning what he wants you to learn, and it's going to be hard till you get it, and don't be mad. Amen. Let perseverance finish its work. So God needs to finish its work, and perseverance means you're in the trouble because you're persevering to stay righteous and trust God when you're feeling tempted not to and you don't see the pink cloud feeling anymore. But God has allowed it to happen. Are you faithful and trusting God who you do not see because you're going to learn? And it says, let the perseverance on staying the course righteously finish. God's timing is going to finish through just for you. So you'll become mature and then complete, not lacking anything. Come on. Come on. on. That's awesome. Easier said than done, but you've got to believe it. And only people that have put their head down and gone through pain and sorrow and trouble and are still faithful through it can tell you absolutely. When I look at everything that's happened to me in the past, I go, wow. I was talking to someone in Mexico City, and they, you know, we were talking, my issue came up with being paralyzed. December 6th will be two years when it happened. I wouldn't change it. I said, you know what, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change one thing, and I still have stuff that needs to fix. I'm trying to you know, get better. But I'm walking up here without a cane. I'm walking like the walking dead. I used to have a walker, I was in a wheelchair, and I'm going, I'm doing it because God says, persevere. Why did you do that? Why did you allow a surgery to go wrong, a typical one-day surgery blown? I mean, the surgery was, what they did was right, but then an, an issue happened, and they tested wrong, and I went paralyzed. Why? Why not? What am I going to do with that? If I go, if I go, that's not going to help me. I just had to bear down. And I took one moment at a time. And I'm still doing it because I believe in God and I believe in his word and I believe he's a good God and I believe what has happened to me, I'm still learning. Humility, I'm fragile. Uh, uh, life is short and everything is a blessing. Every single thing is a blessing. The fact that I can even walk like the walking dead. I still walk on like that. I still, I can't, you know, the day I can walk good. I try to think I got it down to storm like but I, I realize I don't have it. I'm thinking I'm walking normal, and then I see elderly people waiting at the door when I'm coming in. They're they're well older than me, and they see me coming, and they stop and hesitate. And I don't know if a cane. I'm not even saying help me. They just stop, and I go. I go. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm learning humility as much as I try to act like I got it down. But I don't expect God to cure me. What I'm asking God is, what am I to learn with you in my faith? In the problem, because I'm going to die, and everybody knows we're going to die. Let me learn and grow in my faith. 
So when trouble or testing comes with you, what are you doing? A death. Ouch, it hurts. You need to mourn. You need to cry. You need to feel. But you don't, may not understand, but we all know what happens, and we're never ready for it. You just got to hang in there. God is with you. you no one's going to tell you how to process pain. You just need to process, but trust God is here. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 7, and the point number two is never stop, I mean, point number two, three, point number three is never stop fighting. This is back to me in the plane. Oh. There were some instances that, you know, internally I'm, I'm wanting to act and not be faithful. And impatience or anger or just indignant, get a point where I'm, you know, anger, the Bible says, you're not, you're not to be angry and go off on somebody. Yeah. You're not to do it. So let's look at this because if I don't look at this once in a while, I feel like a complete failure and I'm not making any, I'm not, do, I'm not being used by God. There's nothing. I, I, I just feel like what am I, what, I feel like insignificant. Mm -hmm. But I have to look at this because part of your faith is huge in this. Look in verse 15. Romans 7, verse 15, never stop fighting. Persevering means never stop, never give up. Amen. It says, I do not understand what I do. I want to yell at that lady and scream and get up and swear and do all that stuff too. But I didn't, thank God. But it says here, I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree the law is good, the words of God. As it is, I no longer, it is not I no longer myself who do it, but it is the sin living on me. Now, if you stop there, he's not, you could spin that and go, I'm going to blame it on the sin living in me. No. That's getting humble and going, guess what? You're a sinner till the day you die. It's not to, it's not to make excuses, but you just got to realize, I don't care how well you clean up even in Christ, what God's trying to see you is not make you feel guilty, but make you to go, grace is amazing. Yeah. Not an excuse, because you know what? God loves you just the way you are, but he doesn't want to leave you that way. Amen. But he loves you just the way you are. Yeah. But if you're living by faith, not by sight, God has a destiny and a reason for you to grow before he takes you. So let's pick it up in verse 18. For I know what that good, that, that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. So we're all capable of being having good deeds because God created us all in the image. So it's not just the faithful, a person that becomes a Christian is just the good person. No, no one's good. But we now are on this path, this way of life to make decisions and live by Christ and adjust and ask God for help. So the sin is in you, but you own it and go, you know what? I'm not making excuses, but I got to be real. And God, I need help. And then let's pick it up. So it says here in verse 18, in the middle of it, it says, for, what, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do not, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but the sin living in me. That does it. So I find this law work. Although I want to do good, evil's right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's word. Like in my inner being, yes, I want to do what's right. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Now, if you left it there and you didn't write anything else and that was it, that'd be depressing. Yeah. See, the word of God, you got to read all the way through. Yeah. 
life it just ended oh yeah i'm wretched philippe's reading it too philippe's reading it too yeah i'm wretched too i'm wretched yeah you're all wretched. we're all wretched someone says how you guys doing not very good we're wretched it's ended we don't know how to fix it we're just wretched i'm a wretched but let's just keep reading. Oh, he gets, oh my gosh. He goes, what a wretched man I am in verse 24. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord! Exclamation point. The Holy Spirit wrote that. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. That's the battle. Never stop fighting. If you're going to live by faith, you're going to start to obey God's word, and you got to ask God to help you. You won't be able to do it on personal strength. In fact, that's what Pharisees look like, or legalistic people that are that go, I agree with the Bible, but they haven't learned humbly enough to depend on God. Because it's not designed. You can't follow the word of God on your own strength. You'll, you'll destroy yourself. You'll be so burnt out, so worn out for serving the church and serving God, but you're doing it legalistically, and you haven't got in touch with grace. See, Never stop fighting. Now, who can relate to that? You do something you regret. Who's done something they regret last week? Marriage, right? You say something to your wife in a wrong way, or husband. You say something to somebody with the wrong way, right? And then come on, right? And then you got to fix it. And that's where the war of the waging is. Because even if someone was nasty or you feel like you were just, you're being attacked, if you're following Jesus and you made Jesus Lord, you don't have to. You get to. Jesus died for you to be like him. Follow me. So you capture your thought and you don't wait for that person to adjust. You adjust. And then you submit even in the trouble because you can't control other people. But you can go, God, help me. Because you can't even control yourself. That's why people go, gah, and scream and get angry and punch people and look at all of the world. Everybody just lets it out. We all have the potential. But we decide, God, help me. Help me be compassionate. I trust you in this situation. If the plane's going to be stopped and canceled, then I went, ah. That's, what I, that's when I go to surrender. I go, God, you know what? I'm just going to fast forward. I'm going to go, we're not going to go. And it's all canceled. I'm totally surrendered. And I just felt so calm. I almost wanted to go, ah. No, but I didn't. I, I was, but in my mind, I was like, God, and once I got there, I go, okay, it's okay. We're, I don't even know where we're going to go. We're just going to get off. We have some money. We'll get a hotel. I just, once I surrendered, I go, it's all good. And then finally, the, the guy said, we're, this lady's making everybody wait. If she doesn't sit down in five minutes, we're going to cancel all your flights. Every that lady, I was like, whoa. That's a way to get someone to do something. But when you feel defeated, when you will, when you feel not adequate, when you feel uh, I'm not being, I, I, you're a Christian and you, you're just going, man, that's Satan. And also you have a part in it because if you don't fight and go, I'm going to be righteous, you're not earning anything, but I'm going to fight my inner sin and I'm going to, I'm going to acknowledge it and I'm going to fight to change. I'm going to fight to say sorry genuinely, please forgive me. I'm going to forgive people. And I'm going to go, God, help me love like you because I can't. And then you're going to have weeks sometimes like you're going, sorry, God, forgive me a lot. And then the other weeks you're going to do well. But either way, it's the heart of living and fighting and never giving up in what you do not see living by faith. You guys with me? So what about the perseverance? Well, let's look in Hebrews 4, 10, never giving up perseverance must finish its work. Well, you go, that was just a trial. No, your whole life is going to be a perseverance. Finish the race. Paul says, I kept the faith. 
I fought the good fight and I finished the race and now I'm ready in my departure. He had a premonition that God, he just felt I'm going to die and he was, in, he was in prison and he got his head cut off shortly after that for Christ. But he was saying, I finished, man. I didn't give up. That means you make Jesus Lord and you don't quit. Just like when I made Sonia my wife. I didn't make her my wife. I mean, <laughs> you will become my wife. And you will do what I say, and you will be my wife. Be! She's like, oh, good. This is going to be a fun marriage. We've had our ups and downs. I, I, I don't take it, but I, I fight and say sorry. And it's not hard to fight, but I have to say sorry a, a lot in my marriage. Not that I'm trying to fail. And she does too, because it's just, we're doing great. But it's just even little things. I don't have to be crowbarred to go, honey, you hurt my feelings. I go, you know, you, you got to go. I'm sorry, how did I hurt your feelings? But not in an ungenuine way. Even if I don't know. I go, I wasn't, what do you mean? What are you talking about? That's not going to help her. That's where I go, God, and then I go, I'm sorry. Thank you. And the more we do that, that's, you know, I do what I not do. If you're married, you relate to this. It's not all the time, but you just continue to go. Don't look, don't fix your eyes on the spouse that's ticking you off at the time or sinning. Fix your eyes on Jesus in the challenge, and you love your spouse. And that's how you grow. Let's look at Hebrews 4, verse 10. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter the rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. For the word of God is alive or living and active. It is sharper than a double-edged sword, cutting between soul, spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes the inmost thoughts and desires. See, what? A book? That's faith. This is not a book. God created all human beings to mentally be able to communicate in language. He thought of that before he had the word aspired. So we read his supernatural voice on paper carried through human beings. That's faith. And he says here that once you allow, he goes, listen, God entered the rest. God said, wow, I created the world and here we go. I'm going to start it, and people are going to be born, live, and die. And I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping people respond to what Jesus did. Yeah. And they have that window of grace their lifetime. If they die unfaithful, unsaved, then they die. And that, you can't control that. You just got to surrender. All you can do is what you do. Yeah. You have the decision to go, I'm going to be in the grace or I'm not. On, it says here that in verse 13, it says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is, my version says, naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. So everything. Now, listen to that. That's living by faith because it's like I know, you, you may even intellectually believe in God, but I have to zero in and go, wow. How can he know every single thought? How can he know Priscilla's thoughts right now and my thoughts? That's just two people. That How can he know billions? How can he know everyone's thoughts? Okay, that's where you can't, that's where you have to stop or you're going to fall away. Yes. Because that, I'm intellectualizing. See, faith is leaping, and it, you may think this, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter what you think. You're a human being. Are you going to talk to the potter? You're the pot. He created you. Are you going to tell the potter how to do it? 
I'm going to go, I don't understand, I'm in awe, but I believe you know every single thing I think and thought, and you're going to allow trouble, problems, encouragement, love, kindness, do whatever you can to help me think about you and continue to be faithful and obedient to you and be strong in the grace and adjust and repent when I need to. Now it's comforting, but it's fearful if you're like, uh, but see, that's true anyway. God knows every single thought. Some of you are sitting here going, when's this over? This guy's speaking too long. That's fine. That's fine. I may be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end quickly. That's fine. I'm just saying God knows every single thought. Every single thought. That's why you got to realize what a wretched man I am. Well, thanks be to God. Because I'll tell you right now, if everybody could record every thought of all of us this last week, if you could have it on transcript, we'd all be ashamed if it was broadcasted. Something. Even though you catch and go, oh. That's why I really try to go, God, help me see as you see. I just want to try. I want to be like you more. I want to understand how, who I am in my position. I'm not the judge. I just need to strive to love. I mean, I can do that if I'm willing. I can go, help me love. That's not hard. That, you just got to be willing. It's not even a test. You got to be willing. Go, God, help me. Yeah. Come on, Chris. Let's look at verse 14. So then, since we have a high priest who has entered heaven, that's awesome. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. And he's faced all the same trials or testings or temptations as we did, yet he did not sin. So let us come with confidence. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence and where we can find help in our time of need. Now, what about confidence? See, you can have confidence in grace. That's confidence in the way of life Jesus set. That's confidence in the Lord. That's not the heart going, I'm just going to get over because I got the, you know, the get out of jail card free grace. That's not it. That's not it. It moves you, it humbles you, and it calls you to be higher and more like Jesus. Yeah. See, every time we resist temptation, we become more like Jesus. Yeah. Every time you sin and then you repent, you're, more, you're, you're showing God that you want to be like Jesus. It's in grace. See, you have the power to actually respond. You can't change yourself, but God can change you. But you can go, I know I don't want to do that. That's sin. Yes. Or I need to change this. I need to repent. Come on, Chris. So if Jesus has provided our rest through faith, why must we make every effort to enter that rest? You notice how it says in verse 11, make every effort? In yeah. 4 do our best or make every effort. Well, I thought we were saved by grace. Well, let's think about that. Uh, this does not mean we must do good works in order to attain salvation, because if you're just doing it to do your, did this, check, check, check. No, it's a heart issue. It's not I have to go, I get to go, because I understand God's plan. Meeting together is God's plan. Let us not give up meeting together. Why? Because we're encouraging each other. We're seeing the unseen each other. People have committed to follow Jesus and walk with God. I need to see tangible people striving to do that and reacting and doing that. That, that gives me faith. And I hope it gives you guys faith. We must make every effort to possess and experience what God has already promised and provided. When you're in Christ, you are saved. You are going to heaven. And now life is going, God, it's a platform to use you. What are you doing with me? And each day, we must choose, we can choose either not to or to draw closer to God. Yeah. Or we can drift away. Right. And you can drift, and God will bring you back, but it's not fun to drift. 
You just get mentally out there. Your faith starts to get weak. Because faith isn't just an automatic, here's your faith. Faith is given by God like a mustard seed. But then it's how, what are you going to do with it? If you just walk around, but if you start to cherish and go, God, let me find out what pleases you. Ephesians 5.10 says, find out what pleases the Lord. It's that short. Remember I gave that as a memory scripture? It's just so awesome. Find, well, what's that mean? If you go, I want to live by faith, you're not just going to go, well, I think. If you want to find out what pleases God, you're going to study the Bible. How else do you find out what pleases God? People can have opinions, but that's now how do I know I'm in the way of life that Jesus said. We follow each other as we follow Christ. So, if you think about this, let us, uh, I, I think it's not, we must uh, make every effort, we do, it's a hard issue. Make every effort because you want to, you get to, God, Jesus died for you. But it's, it's, it's really has more to do with overcoming, I believe, spiritual laziness. Because God wants you to engage in a relationship and be faithful. You know, when you're faithful to God, God is faithful even when you're not faithful. He's going to fight and get patience. He's going to get you back. You're going to come back and God willing you turn. And you come back and anybody who's drifted and got into sin and come back, they always go, I need, I'm, I'm glad God forgave me. I, I, and they regret where they went. But then God forgave them because it was just bad road. You went off the highway of God's way and now you're on this bad road beating up your transmission your whole life. Whoa, whoa. You know, you think, I'm doing what I want. I'm doing what I want. Ah! Now you're doing your own thing. And after, you know, miles of bad road, getting into sexual morality and just sending it up and forgetting what God says and drinking, using booze, being greedy, snapping and being harsh and angry at your wife or vice versa. And just, I'm doing that. How's that working out for you? Most people come back and oh, go, I need to get right. And the ones that don't, harden their hearts. It's sad. Spiritual laziness. We must make every effort to experience the relationship with God. Remind yourself you're in Christ. You guys with me on that? So, verse 16 says, with, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. That's prayer. Talk to God. Do you talk to God? You know, don't think about God. Do you talk to God? You go, well, he knows my thoughts. No, God wants you to speak. Yeah. Don't just say it loud, but when you talk, you can pray, you can think with your mind, but when you just say God in your own words, learning to talk, and you might even feel uncomfortable because that's where it's faith. Intellectually, you're talking by yourself alone, and you're like, dear God, please be with me, and you're meaning it, but if someone's watching you, it's like he's talking to himself. Yeah. But if someone knows you're praying, they understand faith. So when we approach God openly and honestly, that's what he's saying. He, since he knows every thought in your mind, every motive, he just wants you to not argue and be defensive. Yeah. You approach confidently. He wants a Christian to approach, not to approach God meekly and go, oh, I'm God, I'm here again. I'm, you know, you need to be cut by your sin and not just take it for granted. But he's not saying approach you, approach you depressed or low-headed, afraid to ask. He wants you to come with him confident. It says approach it confident. It means that you're coming to go, God, forgive me. I need help. And it may not even be in sin necessarily always. It's come in grace and time of help. I need your help. I'm hurting. Please comfort me. I, I need your help. That's, that, that's humble. And it says, you know, be confident. Because when you do that, he's going to help you. But you got to be willing to be humble. You guys with me? So, let's look at uh, Hebrews eleven seven as we get ready to come in for landing. 
It says in uh, actually Hebrews eleven six. And then we'll read seven. Hebrews eleven six says. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You just got to make a decision. What does it look like to earnestly seek anything? It's very obvious. You need to want it and you need to keep wanting it. And you need to know I'm saved by grace and I'm not earning it, but I'm fired up and I'm in it and I'm fired up to keep going. God, help me. What am I learning? Help me get closer to you. I'm saved already, but I want to draw closer. I want to learn. So it makes it exciting. You believe he exists, but you can't just intellectually believe he exists and stay there. You're not in the zone. He says you must earnestly seek him if you want reward. Look at verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is, keep, that is in keeping with faith. He obeyed God to build an ark which seemed insane humanistically. I'm sure there was jokes being said in that town or village or whatever, laughing at him because it says he was a preacher for a long time. And Peter refers that he preached the word trying to tell people, God is calling you to change. And guess what? He loves you so much that he's taken us 100 years to build this ship because he wants enough room for everybody to come on. But they didn't want to enter because they did not believe. They laughed at it. See, religion and true Christianity... Because it's messed up by so many churches some of us are raising that don't follow the truth. They got some guy, there's no one even knowing what's going on. And there's no follow the way of life living by the Bible. We're all messed up. We grow up in stuff. We go, what is it? Because you're messed up. You weren't taught the truth. You never sought it by yourself and said, show me what you teach in this church. Because I want to follow God and I want to let you show me why you're saying what you're saying. We do that. We'll do Bible studies. Because I don't want to do one thing that is not in the Bible following it. I don't want a tradition. I don't want any false doctrine. You bring a baby and baptize him over here. Get out! You might go, what are you talking about? Well, just study the Bible. I'll show you. I was baptized as a baby. How you doing? I, I didn't remember it. That was really powerful. You have to do it by faith. I didn't have faith. Someone did it for me. They might have meant well, but I didn't have faith. I was probably scared to death because I was there also, and I saw a baby screaming. They don't know what's going on there. And the guy's going, pouring water on. What's up? That's what he wants to say, but he can't speak. Because it doesn't mean squat to the baby. No offense to anybody. You may have meant well, but you got to understand what's the Bible say, and maybe you're mad. That's good, but let me show you why in the Bible. False doctrine is not correct. You could go to the grave with it if it's not in the Bible, and that takes humility to correct it. Go, what does God say? Not you. What does God say? Noah built an ark, was laughed at, and some of us as disciples will always be persecuted and laughed at. Don't worry about it. You just share. It's not up to you to change anybody. It's you to share why you live like you live. Does that make sense? So, I'll have to wait till next week. <laughs> I want to read one scripture, though, that helps you understand God's love. Romans 2, 4. And I did not mean to offend anybody. If you don't understand where I'm coming from, please talk to me. 
it's just like any false doctrine. When I mean false doctrine, that means it's in a church believing in Jesus, but they're actually teaching things that aren't in the Bible, that actually contradict the Bible. And we just, we just go along, and it's sincere people meaning, meaning well. But see, sincerity doesn't equal the truth. So there's going to be a confrontation, and the only confrontation is with God's Word, not with people. It's not church against church. It's like if, if someone wants to know what I say, I say it's not our church. Forget the name, forget everything. Whatever, let's just look at the Bible. And if I'm wrong, I'll say sorry, but let's just look at the Bible. Because yeah. we're people of God trying to figure out how to follow God as, as Jesus calls us to and as, the, as God leads us from his word. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just, if it's not there, don't, don't get mad. Just go, wow, thank you for allowing me to still be alive and change it. And, and then seek God to understand. You with me? Yeah. Romans 2, 4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality. That's following Christ. Immortality is eternal life. Yeah. And then to those who, uh, and then it says, but for all those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being. Here we go. Who, do, who, does, who does wrong and evil? But first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Well, since even as Christians, we're going to sin. So trouble is going to come your way. But with God, you're learning now. And it's like God's got you. God's not putting the trouble because you're opposing him. And he's going to hammer you. It's going to get worse. And then you get frustrated and you don't understand unless you go, I need God. Yeah. You push through. And, you, and a lot of people are bitter today in the world. What's next? Another problem. No, man, you go, amen. I learned a lot from that. Amen. But you see God's kindness, guys? He says, don't underestimate, no matter where you're at. If you don't even know, if you, I, I was walking not with God for years, 31 years. I intellectually believed in him, but I didn't follow God anymore than the man on the moon. And I realized he was still kind to me, gave me jobs, allowed me to grow and have potential and graduate from college and do all these things. I wasn't saved when I read the Bible. No one told me I read the Bible, but I realized, man, he was so kind to me. Even in my darkest sin, I beat myself so much up that I was so empty that I go, God, I, I answered someone's invited me, and I said, let me, I need to know answers. And they started showing me the Bible, and I believed in Jesus, but I never understood or read the Bible. I had someone help me. And it started to comfort me because I started to have direction. I go, what, what does God want me to do? And as I started to pray and do it each day, I started to feel safe. I started to feel like I'm doing something. I feel safe, and I realize I am safe. Because I'm in Christ. When I got baptized, I'm in, the, I'm in the grace. I'm safe with the trouble. I'm safe. I'm saved, but I'm also safe. God doesn't lose control. He's in the trouble with you. So guys, we are people that live by faith, not by sight. We need to see faith in the troubles. We need to follow the way of life that's in the scriptures and then trust God in prayer and spirit. And we never not stop fighting. Amen. So study the Bible and humble out to the words of God and start to step out in obedience and watch your heart and mind be adjusted by God and to God be the glory. Amen. Amen.